Welcome to the Magic Pisces Podcast. Here we go. Magic Pisces. Magic Pisces Podcast. Uh, thanks, Max, for listening. Thanks, Bill and Catherine, for listening. Thanks, Mr. Jimmy D, for listening. Thank you, Andrea, for listening. Thank you to whoever else is listening. Greg, you're a big listener. Thanks for that. I appreciate all of you. I am incredibly grateful for each and every one of you who takes the time to tune into my senseless ramblings. They're actually not senseless. They're sensible. (laughs) Who takes the time to tune into my sensible ramblings because a lot of this shit isn't making sense, right? So... Where do we go today? I've been getting really into the Wu-Tang Clan. Holy shit, is the Wu-Tang universe badass as a motherfucker? You can go to the Wu-Tang website and get your Wu-Tang name. And my Wu name is Genius Anger. So that's super cool because if anybody knows, anybody who knows me knows that I'm smart and that I've got this secretive rageful side. I'm actually a lot less rageful than I used to be. If you read my book, which I just finished... The rough draft of there are there's a lot about anger in it. There's all these crazy scenes from like childhood where I just went crazy mad and just wanted to like make the world explode and I wanted to explode and banging my fists and my head against the wall and all this crazy shit. Most people who know me, they just know me as like this sort of like mellow surfer dude with kind of an edge, but there's this like psycho that lives inside of me. Parts therapy is fascinating to do because if you do parts therapy and you start looking at all your different parts, all these little pieces that make up the puzzle that is you, and you start to sort of identify each of these parts or as, uh, what's his name? Uh, There's this really amazing therapist from Chicago. Peter Gerlach is his name and he's a trip, but he calls them sub-personalities or sub-selves. So he says that anyone, I th- I've talked about this before, but he says that anyone, any, you know, relatively healthy personality, like not someone who's completely dissociated, like a schizophrenic or someone, is comprised of anywhere between 15 and 35 sub-personalities. And in order to get to one of your sub-personalities, to bring out one of your sub-personalities, you actually, um, you get you get present to a certain quality you possess or a trait like anger or kindness or whatever, and you you sink into the sort of like the feeling or the experience of that trait, and then you ask to talk to the being that is in charge of that trait. And it's really fascinating because they can, the, the sub-personalities can transcend time and they can come from like the 1400s. I actually, my surfer side, when I got into got in touch with my my surfer side that part of me there's this like dreadlocked dude named Salvitro who's like this Hawaiian kahuna chief but he's got like an Italian name named Salvitro and that's like the sub personality behind my my um behind my surfer my surf that surfer part and then my psycho part my crazy part there's like this crazy like evil slimy you know dude he wears like a like a like a cheap suit and hangs out at the end of bars drinking drinking cheap drinks that's like the my my vice part my viceful part and thank god all my other parts are like strong enough to just keep that dude 
at the end of the bar, like roofied or whatever, <laughs> unconscious. So do some parts work. And that all came from Wu-Tang Clan. Wu-Tang Clan, my Wu-Tang name is Genius Anger. And the Wu-Tang Clan, talk about a phenomenon. Wu-Tang Clan is a phenomenon. And I've mentioned this before. I'm an ontological coach and a phenomenological coach. And, you know, phenomenon, to think of yourself as the as phenomenon is fascinating. It's fascinating to ponder who you are as a phenomenon on the planet, because all of us are a phenomenon. But but what does the, phen- like, how does the phenomenon that is you express itself? Phenomenology is fascinating. Ontology is fascinating. And I love throwing out words that people have never heard of. So anyway, Wu-Tang, phenomenological they're they are they are a phenomenon. They're a phenomenon of consciousness, and they're total geniuses. And they're a testament to the power of vision, community, love, friendship, brotherhood, creativity, the mastermind principle, all that you see in Think and Grow Rich. You can be you can you can or read about and Think and Grow Rich. You can see expressed through the Wu Tang Clan. And I I've only been listening to them. I this kid gave me a tape in like probably 1999 or 2000. This guy I worked with gave me a tape, and I was like way too into punk rock at the time to really pay much attention to it. But I had it in my car for a while, and it was cool. But I didn't realize what he had given me was Wu Tang Forever, the second album, which I started listening to today. And as I started playing it, I realized that this was the tape that this kid had gave me, given me. And it is just some crazy, awesome, badass, genius shit. And then the Ghostface Killer, you know, so there's 10 members of Wu-Tang Clan, and then they all got their own side projects. They all have their own, like, solo projects. And so starting to even dive into the Wu-Tang universe is... It's an endeavor, but it's so enjoyable. It's just really just... There's so much going on, and they're so brilliant. They're brilliant poets, and it's some of the coolest, some of it, like what the really good, the really good Wu-Tang, it's almost very, it's hard, hard to, dis, it's very hard to decipher what they're saying. And once you figure out what you're saying, you're like, what they're saying, you're like, damn, that's some really impressive, that's some really impressive poetry. That's some really impressive lyrical poetry. That's some, some really impressive rhyming. And Wu-Tang got me sort of going down the rabbit hole. I started, I was listening to a little bit of Rakim, like Eric B and Rakim, that that is some crazy shit, Eric B. and Rakim. Rakim, I, I believe he's known as the one of the the greatest rapper of all time or the most influential rapper of all time. He does this internal rhyming thing. Uh, nothing comes to mind verse, uh, for any as, as a way to illustrate what that means, but internal rhyming is really cool. It's like you start with one thing, and then the rhyme turns into a rhyme inside of the first rhyme, and then it resolves itself towards the end. It's really cool. So, Butane Clan. There you go. On top of that, artistically, been reading uh, Dostoevsky, Crime and Punishment. I got that book. I got. I walked into Barnes. I got, went to Barnes and Noble a couple weeks ago. No, week ago, and just decided Crime and Punishment was going to happen. I was expecting Crime and Punishment to be like digging a ditch or something, like just something I felt like I had to do as a reading, as a literary person, as a learned reader. I had to read Dostoevsky. And as a writer, I had to at least read Dostoevsky. And I was just planning on it being just this, like, very difficult Russian endeavor, you know. But it's some of the most pleasant. It's not, I wouldn't say it's pleasant. The content is gnarly. It's it's just incredibly. It just pull, He just pulls you right in. It's so rich. And this, just the, the psychology. I, I've heard some of my, one of my colleagues today described said that he has been described, Dostoevsky has been described as the world's greatest psychologist. And someone else, um, 
told me today. Someone else brought up a the person a Goeth, I, I believe his name is. There's another, I believe, Russian novelist who Dostoevsky says all writing comes from this guy, whatever his name was, some other Russian novelist. But man, is that it's just the most fascinating writing that I've ever read. And then this other book I read, Name of the Wind, which is part of a three part chronicle called the King Ki- King Killer Chronicles. Um, the the second book is called The Wise Man's Fear, but the author is Patrick Rothfuss, and you can see how much he's borrowed from Dostoevsky. And so now with my book getting me, me getting my rough draft back from my editor, my initial my initial draft back from my editor here in the next couple of weeks, as I edit through, I'm going to get to sprinkle some Dostoevsky influenced writing in there because every time I I read something new, it it impacts my writing, and that's how art works. You know, Vincent Van Gogh said, "Good artists borrow, great artists steal," and Steve Jobs would bring that up. Steve Jobs would bring that up. I'm not sure what Steve Jobs stole. Uh, Steve Jobs seemed like kind of an asshole, um, but here I am talking to you on my podcast through a Mac, and then I'm going to upload it, and it's going to go into Apple Music and or Apple Podcasts and you're going to get to listen to it and if you're not listening on Apple you can listen on these other things listen on one of the other mediums that this comes through but what a visionary genius that's a whole other story Steve Jobs I'm grateful for Steve Jobs I a lot of people hate him my friend Scott's like fuck Steve Jobs I hope Scott is doing well he told me exactly why I can't remember I think and then uh, there was another guy that was like a computer repairman and he told me why Apple sucks so bad because they like patented their the they patented tools like there's a certain type of tool that you need to get into a Mac and you have to be like a licensed Mac person to work on the Mac and whatever I'm just a user I'm just a guy who likes Macs over awkward Windows machines awkward Windows Macs are cool other computers are awkward I'm waiting for the computer company to come in that beats Apple that will be cool speaking of companies made I made twelve hundred bucks today in 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 penny stocks. So I'm up, I'm up like three hundred percent or something. So I I just started plugging around with penny stocks a week and a half ago, and I made I'm already up two thousand six hundred dollars. I got a a great tip. That's out of like a thousand dollar investment. So I'm like way up. That's um, I got a tip from a friend of mine. I think I mentioned this, but I was about eighty days into this ninety day Kundalini mantra meditation for abundance and then I just got this idea to start trading in the stock market and so I got inspired to try something new and now I'm up and there's this whole new money world opening up for me which is really cool because there's a saying in coaching you win whatever game you're playing and I was not playing a winning game with money and now it's really fascinating to approach money from a different place because investing is fascinating because I might have mentioned this in the last episode, but it's kind of like these companies, they break themselves up into millions and millions of pieces, and then they say they sell those pieces to the public. And so before you buy into the company, you do a little research and you just find out as much as you can about them. And then based on what you decide, you make a calculated risk as to whether or not you want to give them your money on the assumption that they will do their best with it and then give you a higher return or give you a you know give you more money back. And the analogy, it's kind of like imagine a kid in your neighborhood who starts a lemonade stand and you watch the way this kid conducted himself. You watched maybe he had a garage sale business before the lemonade stand and he did good with that and he was always good to the customers and the customers always walked out with a smile on his face, on their faces or their face. And uh, 
And um, and so you saw the way you just notice his integrity. And so you're like, based on my experience of this kid in the neighborhood, I will lend him three dollars to I will lend him three dollars of my allowance to help him make his lemonade stand better. And so then he goes and gets these better lemons from this other lemon dealer he knows, you know. And so it's really just when you think about it, when you break it down to to the the most simplest ways of understanding it, it makes it a lot, in my opinion, a lot less risky because I'm just like, I don't know shit about markets and money and bubbles and all that stuff, but I do know about human beings. So if you get clear on who the human beings are who are running this company, it gives you an idea as to whether or not your investment will yield returns. So that's cool. I woke up and I checked my E-Trade account. It was up like I had already made like $700 at like 6.45 in the morning. I was like, fuck yeah. Then it went all the way up to 15 and then it dropped to like 12. Now, I could wake up on Monday morning and it's all the way, you know, I'm like in the red. Like I've lo- all of a sudden I've lost money. But when you're planning on losing the money in the first place, it really doesn't matter. So good stuff. And, you know, the check out the Cliff High videos. Watch Cliff High's videos. They are terrifying. Um, and the dude is just so hilarious and so matter-of-fact and just kind of like, he's just got this whole other thing going on. I found out in one of them and I was watching this week that he's actually schizophrenic also. So he's like this schizophrenic super genius who created a an algorithm or some sort of computer software that analyzes what people type into Google and predicts the future. And he predicted COVID exactly how it would go down using this software. The problem now is that the internet is censored. And so it doesn't, he says it doesn't, it won't work anymore because the internet is censored. So the censors are coming in. There's all kinds of crazy shit going on in the world. Uh, Apparently I'm a right wing fucking conspiracy theorist. If I question the safety of a medical a medical experiment that they're currently injecting into the entire world or on a mission to inject into the entire world. Apparently, if I bring that up, that I'm not certain that it's safe, I'm a right-wing fucking conspiracy theorist for maybe just raising that question, you know? Are we sure we want to take this experimental vaccine? Because that's really what it is. It's an experiment. It's a great big experiment. So, you know, all my loved ones have already, my, my sister took it, my, my mother had the first shot. Every person I've talked to that's had both of them, it feels like shit right after the second one, like immediately. And apparently, according to Cliff High, I might have mentioned this in my last episode, but yeah, within six months, there are going to be so many people that are fucking dead from this thing that their press isn't going to be able to hide it anymore and there's going to be upheaval and it's just going to be a fucking shit show. So stay tuned for that one. I'm not a right-wing conspiracy theorist. I'm just a dude that's concerned about what I put in my body. I spent a lot of my, a lot of a lot of years of my life putting dangerous substances into my body and lived to tell the tale. So I'm not in the biggest rush to put a new one. I do remember one time. One time I just found some pills on the ground at a dead show and took them and it was great ecstasy. I just picked up the ecstasy off the ground like asked my friend if he thought it was good shit. He's like, "Yeah, sure, it looks like good shit." And so I like took it and it was it actually was it it was good shit 
there's a lot of writing in my book about the Grateful Dead and how they brainwash you, and they they do they brainwash you with this trippy music. Like Jerry's Gar- Jerry Garcia's guitar goes into your into your brain, into your skull, into your soul when you're like 16 and somebody gives you acid and brings you in there into the show and then you hear Jerry play and then he looks just like this big fucking fat god on the stage <laughs> and and you're hooked you're hooked from there on out and i mean that's why they got so big is cuz kids go to the show they drop some acid they have the grateful dead musical experience and then they can't stop going they go on tour they fucking run away from home and follow them around until Jerry died and then they keep following them around with like you know the newer the newer versions of the dead, the newer, what's the word? The word is slipping me, but I saw him at 20 in Chicago, 2015 soldier field. It was great. I love the grateful dead. Grateful dead are freaking amazing. But a lot of my book, there's a, there's a lot of my book about how I was as a teenager was completely and totally brainwashed by LSD and the grateful dead, like to a really disturbing degree, like kind of weird, you know? And, yeah, it's just bizarre because kids that age got no business, no business ingesting those types of substances. So I might be a little bit weary of substances in general, although not really. I just I don't trust anything. And so just to, to quote the Grateful Dead, I don't trust nothing, but I know it comes out right. Um, that's from playing in the band, if you didn't know. But um, the song playing in the band. But uh yeah, I don't know. Like, according to Cliff High, it causes birth defects. It's going to cause birth defects. And according to, I have this other energy healer in Chicago, and she's been sending, she sends me videos all the time, and she's just really underground. And she's been getting all these creepy downloads about all kinds of things. I stand by my theory regarding President Trump being the archetypal fool who is just sent into the whatever to disrupt the power structure and i i don't think i think he was supposed to be such a fucking idiot that it couldn't help but shake things up to the degree it did and i think that now the powers that be are really shaking in their boots um you know i'm not quick to dismiss a lot of the 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 conspiracy theories i hear um i have seen the i i invite anybody if you're just like if you just think the QAnon people are fucking crazy, watch the QAnon movies. Like, there's one that's very sensationalistic, um, very easy to dismiss. But there, I saw another one. I saw one that someone's. I saw a movie that someone sent me, and it is, to say the least, it is compelling. And one of the one of the claims of the QAnon people is that they're hiding in plain sight. These pedophiles are hiding in plain sight, and I I'm I don't think that the whole theory is. Um, like, I don't think that the Democrats are involved in it, in it party-wide or anything like that. But I do believe that there is a cabal and that it is active in Hollywood. And I've there was this woman that used to come to the 12-step meetings, one of the, the meetings I go to, recovery meetings I go to. And uh, I hope I didn't just violate a tradition, but whatever. Um, and she would she did not seem like she was lying. And she would always talk about this stuff that she was abused by Hollywood pedophiles. And it was like she was this really sweet woman and she just wanted to be heard. She just wanted to be understood. And she would say that stuff is real. It is real. I just want people to understand me. And she would just like something fucking crazy happened to this woman. 
right? Something really fucking crazy happened to her. And so, you know, you've just got all of these, you just, there are so many people right now, like I saw a post on, there was this thing on Facebook today, this guy posted a meme. It's a meme of this guy, like it's a political cartoon, and this guy's turning to his wife and he says, hey, honey, come look, I found some information all the world's top scientists and doctors missed. And it's this guy of a computer and, and the guy's post says a day in the life of a conspiracy theorist. And I'm like, okay, so like, was Aaron Brockovich a conspiracy theorist? <laughs> you know, I'm quite certain that a lot of people just called her a fucking stupid cunt, right? Were the, were the, were the, and I think they tried to kill her. It didn't, didn't she? She had to have gotten death threats. At least Julia Roberts probably got death threats in the movie. But, you know, and same with that woman, that Ju- Judy, Julie Mikovits woman. She comes on and tells this story on, you know, in her Plandemic movie, which... Again, that movie is compelling as hell, the pandemic documentary. I think there's two of them. But, you know, every, all these woke people are just like, fuck that stupid whore. Fuck that stupid fucking liar whore. You know what I mean? And she's just like, Dr. Dr. Fauci's kind of sketchy. Let me tell you why. Because this happened. And doesn't seem like she's lying. And everybody's just like, you fucking cunt. They just fucking, like, rip her a new asshole. You know what I mean? This woman's reputation is completely destroyed, and she's saying these things anyway. Same with the person, the, the Hollywood video that I watched, the the QAnon video I watched. It's not really a QAnon one. It's more about... There's one that's in that's overtly for QAnon, and then there's this other one that was made by a Hollywood retired Hollywood stuntman that just kind of exposes what's going on in that world, and all the kind of twisted symbolism that you can see if you pay attention if you look at the original movie cover the vhs movie cover of the little mermaid there was a big fat fucking dick in the background in the castle the castle in the background one of the castle one of the towers of the castle in the background of the vhs movie cover for the little mermaid was a big fucking dick my my friend in college had the original and so there's all these weird, sketchy, little, like, subversive symbol, sexual symbols that permeate that world. And it's, I mean, it's talk about hiding in plain sight. You put a big fucking dick on the cover of The Little Mermaid and then sell millions of copies of that VHS to people. There's no way in hell that that was an accident, right? And so I also know some people. I, a shaman, an ayahuasca shaman who I worked very closely with for two years, who is like a sister to me still, um, she started getting downloads or visions. She started having visions in ayahuasca ceremonies about this thing that's going on, you know, this this, pedof- this pedophile thing stuff that's going on. And she went full Trump. She went full QAnon, full Trump overnight. And I was just like, what in the fuck happened to you? And she just starts, she's like, listen, I really don't, you know, she like, she like was, she reached out to me and was, just wanted me to hear what it, because I was just curious. I'm like, what the hell happened here? Because people are just like, fuck you, you stupid fucking bitch. You know what I mean? Like all these people are just like ripping her a new asshole. And she's just like, "I, I have to, spirit is telling me I have to get this information across. I have to share this with people. And so, you know, I'm not just so quick to dismiss people for believing some of the things that they do. You know, and you just look into the whole Epstein fucking, what was the other guy's name, Weinstein? Like, that's some sketchy shit. And there's a, there's a, um, there's a book called Carrion Comfort. 
really super long, long, long book that kind of, it's about vampires and there's this whole Hollywood aspect to it. It's a trippy fucking book. It's a trippy fucking book. It's quite an endeavor if you're going to read it, but it's actually quite pretty, um, pretty easy read. So, you know, I'm not like, I'm not like QAnon or anything, but another one of my energy guys, I have two energy people I trust. I mentioned this before. They're both based in Chicago. One of them is basically a complete psychic, knows everything. It's weird. But uh, he says that that whole theory calibrates at about 70% true. So there's 30% of that is not true, but 70% of it is, according to him. And if you look beyond the sort of the setup that makes the people that believe that look so crazy, <coughs> then it's like, and if you just approach it with an open mind, it's kind of like, hmm, they're probably going to find me in my bedroom with a fucking noose around my neck. Dave killed himself. Listen to his other podcast episode where he talked about how he wanted to kill himself, right? Who knows? Dun, dun, dun. Um, yeah, but like think about, think about like what happened in Germany or in Europe in, you know, the early four, 1940, 41, 42, 43, 44, 45, all the way up to 45. Like the Germans in plain sight managed to round up all those Jews, take them to concentration camps, gas them, and then burn them in ovens and then bury them in mass graves or bury them in mass graves after they gassed them or burned them. I mean, they just did that. And there were ashes all over Europe. And what were the people who were like, I think the Nazis are killing Jews. Were they conspiracy theorists? What did people say to them? You know, like were the people who were hiding Anne Frank, were they conspiracy theorists? What was going on there? You know, interestingly enough, the Nazis were far left. No, I'll stop. Sorry. Sorry. There I go again. There I go again. All right. Anyway. Uh, thanks again so much for listening. I hope you took something from this. Go read some Dostoyevsky. Um, listen to some Wu-Tang Clan. Check out, find that movie I'm talking about. Find the original cover of the Little Mermaid movie and tell me that's not fucked up as hell. Super weird. I hope you learned something. I hope you were entertained. I hope you laughed. I hope you're considering. This has been the Magic Pisces Podcast. Have a great night. Bye.